It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we are back and excited to have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on the phone lines on this Thursday. And it's been an action-packed Thursday already. We talked to Michael Sean Duger from The Athletic talking all things about K.J. Wright and the addition of him to the Raiders defense. And now it's just time to take a look at the NFL in general. And so, John, we do appreciate you, my man and the cutdowns that came and went. And, of course, rosters are still fluid. They're going back and forth. There's a lot of combing through the waiver wire right now. The The biggest name obviously cut this week was uh, Cam Newton, and I don't think he was cut because of the whole vaccination thing. I think he was cut just because Mac Jones was better than him, you know, and Mac Jones was really good. But uh, we've always talked about starting a rookie quarterback means that you're almost waving the white flag for the season. What are your thoughts on Mac Jones getting the start there in New England? I thought – that he was going to be the backup for a few games and then it was only a matter of time before he started. And from all indications are he did better than Cam Newton, whether he was going against backups or the starters. And obviously Cam not being vaccinated, missing the five days last week, the potential for that. You know, if the guy's not vaccinated and he's around somebody who tests positive, he's got a quarantine. Mm-hmm. And if you are vaccinated and you're around somebody test positive, you do not have to quarantine. So you're not going to hurt your team. I'll guarantee you that had something to do with it. And I guarantee you, Q, when general managers are adding players to their team and their practice squad, they want to know they're vaccinated because one player can wreak havoc on that roster right before a game. And so you don't want that. And so I don't think Cam Newton's done, but it certainly would be wise of them to get vaccinated because when you're not and you go for a tryout, you've got to quarantine for five days. And in that five days, three or four vaccinated players trying out for the same position, they could be getting a jump on you. So it just doesn't make sense to me, but everybody wishes him the best of luck. Cam's been around since 2011 when he was the first overall pick in an incredible draft, and I can't wait to see how Mac Jones does with the Patriots, especially with so little starting experience at Alabama all of last season, part of the season before. But today, that doesn't seem to be as nearly as important. Trey Lance, one start his last his last season. And uh, and I tell you, the guy that started the most games is Kellen Mond from the Vikings. Yep. He started 46 games at Texas A&M. Whether that translates to him to picking up the Viking system quickly remains to be seen. The fewest of all the quarterbacks was Davis Mills, a Texans third-round pick, who started only 11 games at Stanford and needed all that work he got in preseason. I wanted to ask you about Cam Newton just in general. I don't know what the rest of his career is gonna gonna you know play out or how it's gonna play out. But there was a, a point in his life, obviously 2015, when he won the MVP and led the Panthers to the Super Bowl, where he was the guy and he looked like he was about to be on pace to really kind of almost change the game, change the narrative. I thought I feel like he missed a huge opportunity because of injuries. But will that end up being really the story of his career, no matter how it plays out? Is the fact that if it wasn't for injuries, it, it, it could have been so much better. Well, they say that about a lot of them. You could say that about Robert Griffin III. Yeah. Blew out his knee and his ankle after being incredible as a rookie for Washington. And Ken Newton wasn't the same after that shoulder surgery two years ago. Now, he came back last year. He ran like he always runs. 
but he didn't throw like he always thrown. And whether that was coming off the shoulder surgery and it's going to be everlasting, we're not going to know. Whether he can get back to throw the way he did before the shoulder surgery, only way we're going to find out is to see him on the field. And I'm guessing he'll get on with the team now when somebody gets hurt. Yeah, that's probably what it's going to take. It's going to take an injury, and then he's going to have to go through all the you know the protocols like you mentioned. We're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You can find John on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And uh, what were your thoughts on what uh, Urban Meyer, the new Jaguars coach, came out and said when he, he kind of referred to the vaccination and maybe told said a little bit more than he, he, he wanted to say, even though we all were thinking it, that uh, you know obviously vaccination has a lot to do with the, the cuts and, and the breakdowns of the rosters. But uh, he actually came out and said that. What were your thoughts when you heard that he didn't kind of say it he said it <laughs> right and first thing i thought man that's a rookie head coach for you right you know he's used to being the man everywhere he went everywhere he coached the most powerful person in his state he could do anything say anything he wanted can't do that in the nfl he's already been fined once now he's gonna i guarantee you get fined again the nflpa they are livid about that and they know it goes on. The union has told players to get vaccinated, but they won't mandate it. Right. And because they got it. What kills me about that, if you are a vaccinated member of the union and an unvaccinated member of the union hurts your team and costs them to lose a couple of games because they're out, because they're not vaccinated, you know, you could, it's just like when one guy say, hits a guy in the face and he gets suspended and the union appeals. Well, how about the member who got punched in the face? Doesn't he have any rights? But anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's not the way they see it. But I, I tell you, it's, uh, it's going to be a big issue this season, mm-hmm. a tremendous issue. And I feel bad for Cam Newton because uh, the guy has been a tremendous quarterback who's taken a beating. He's big as a tight end. He's been physically and mentally tough, and I hope he can bounce back in a big way with somebody. Yesterday, uh, Mike Mayock, he was uh, meeting with the media, and he came out and said that he was excited about this team. This was the most excited he's been about a team since he's been a, a, a GM of the Raiders. And and then he used the P words, John. He said the playoffs. He said that, that him and, and, and John uh, John Gruden expect the playoffs for the team. Uh, how much does that help the team, if any, when, when the, the GM comes out and says that and at least has that vote of confidence behind this, this unit? No, I'm surprised Urban Meyer hadn't come out and said it yet. <laughs> Even though he took over a 1-15 team, I'm sure he's thinking playoffs. He doesn't know what it's like not to be in the playoffs. Right. I think it's refreshing when a coach or general manager does that. Not an owner who says it's playoffs or bust. Right. Then the fans and the media are going to throw that up at you constantly. It's not like Mark Davis has done it. Uh, this is Mike Mayock, and I'll guarantee you, Coming off that 8-8 eight eight season, Raiders got a lot of talent. Derek Carr played well last year. They're going to have fans now. And there's no excuse to not be the second-best team in the AFC West. Whether that translates into a playoff appearance or not remains to be seen. But I think Mayock, I like it. The players want to know their general manager and their coach have confidence in them because that's the ultimate goal, of course, is the Super Bowl. But you can't get to the Super Bowl without getting to the playoffs. So I, I like the fact that Mike said it, and I was more 
would be that honest. Yeah, it was nice. It was, it was refreshing when he said that, uh, just to hear it and sitting there in the media session. I don't know if you heard about it, but he, he received a phone call and he, he stopped the press conference, went outside, talked for a minute, came back, and he said there was nothing to it, but then the Raiders went and signed K.J. Wright today, a guy that uh, a lot of folks were, were uh, assuming, including myself, that they needed to sign. So uh, I thought that that was kind of cool. Have you ever seen that? Have you seen a GM stop a press conference in the middle of it, go out, take a call, and come back? No. And so you knew that was an important call. Maybe it was from the president, but uh, the the fact that they signed Wright, who'd been such a great player for so long from the Seahawks, uh, I hope that works out for them. Yeah, no, I, I think it will. They got him and Denzel Perryman at that linebacker position. They both know Gus Bradley's scheme really well. I wanted to ask you about the Raiders and them moving last year. They, they, Of course, COVID was a crazy year for everyone across the league. Don't want to make any excuses. But then they also, on top of that, had the move from Alameda to Las Vegas. How much do you think that that impacted the team uh, all in general, just moving and, and, and having to try to go through the season that they did last year? Well, I went through it with the Houston Oilers here, and so I know what that's like. And I know when you're leaving one city and everybody's mad at you and there's a lame duck season, you know, you feel it's it's terrible because you don't want to go. You're being forced to go because they wouldn't build you the stadium. But right. they'd be fired up about moving to Las Vegas. There's a lot of problems that go into the logistics of making a move like that. And usually... You know, Mike Mayock and John Green, they're focused on personnel and coaching. It's the people behind the scenes that have to pave that way to go from Oakland to Las Vegas. And this year, hopefully that'll pay off. And it's funny because the Oilers did it and finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Huh. Raiders did it and finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Right. There you go. There you go. This I've been hit up so many times about that. Like, Q, ask John about it. He'll know about these kind of things. And I always forget to ask you, so that's why I wanted to make sure I jotted it down and, and passed it by you. Uh, how about Well, right quick, one of the things, you think about this, we kind of think of players as being robots. But right. they got home. They got home lives. They got wives, kids, grandmothers. They're on them all the time. You know, when is this going to happen? When are you moving? Where are we going to stay? Do we have a house yet? and yet they've got to focus on football. So to do what they did last season says a lot about the players, the character, the mental toughness that those players had to go through that. I remember one time sitting in Mike Shanahan's office in Denver and talking about Jeff Fisher when Jeff Fisher was the coach of the Oilers moving from Houston to the Titans, and Mike let out a big sigh, and he said, you know, he said, I do everything I can do all the time, keeping my eyes awake, doing everything I can to try to win. And I can't imagine having to deal with a headache like that and having families, being responsible for players, their families, moves, you know, new laws in different cities, tax advantages, disadvantages. That's like when the Rams moved to L.A. You know, that was more expensive for them, for the players, because of the taxes. And the Raiders know because they're saving a lot of money, those players going to Las Vegas from paying those California taxes. So the people behind the scenes, the director of football operations and his staff, those are the unsung heroes when you move a franchise the way the Raiders, the Rams, and the Oilers did. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And DeMond wanted to ask you a question. He wanted to go back to Cam Newton real quick. He wanted to ask you a question. Go ahead, man. Yeah, John, you said that you hope that Cam finds a good spot, but could the Texans be that spot? I mean, Tyrod Taylor 
had a couple of had some injury issues and do the Texans really believe that Davis Mills can you know start some games for him this season if they need be do you think Cam has a chance there no absolutely not people ask that question because Nick Casario was in New England last year when they signed Newton but they're they're riding with Tyrod Taylor Mills as a backup they got Jeff Driscoll they re-signed him to the practice squad not sure why and then they got the best third-string quarterback in the NFL, the highest-paid third-string quarterback in NFL history, about to make $10.54 million base salary, the most expensive sub since the Nautilus, that would be uh, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. That's true. I, I, I want to laugh when I see that and hear that about him being that third string quarterback, but then I know the situation, so I don't laugh. But man, it is, it's amazing how many twists and turns this story has taken. John, let me ask you this. Every year there's a team that goes worst to first, or maybe they're a team that kind of is on the come up a little bit. Is there a team, now that we're one week out from the beginning of the 2021 season, is there a team that you're eyeing that you think can go ahead and take that, that leap and, and be a really good team this year? I'm going to tell you, for our football section, which uh, comes out Sunday and is on our sports website now, TexasSportsNation.com, we turned in our picks. I picked the Falcons to make a wild card berth in the NFC, and then I picked Cleveland to win the Super Bowl. Mm. Maybe some people in Cleveland will do that, but I don't think others will. But I have the Browns win the Super Bowl. Why? Because I want to be different. I like every year – pick one of the Super Bowl teams. In 17, I picked Philadelphia, and I looked like a genius. The only reason I did it is I changed from Dallas when Zeke Elliott got suspended right before our picks went in. So that's why I changed to Philadelphia because others on our staff picked the Giants and the Eagles. And then, of course, I didn't tell anybody that. I want to make it look like I had some kind of insight <laughs> into the Eagles. The reason I like the Falcons, Arthur Smith did a great job as an offensive coordinator with the uh, Titans, and I think he's going to make that offense be fabulous, even though he doesn't have uh, Derrick Henry running the ball. So I picked them to win a wild card. So I would have to say I picked the Cowboys to win the division, but I picked them last year, and I think they would have if Dak Prescott hadn't gotten hurt. And I don't think there's any way the Cowboys are going to win that division with a 7-9 record the way Washington did last year. No, I don't I don't think so either. You think that uh, Dak's going to be as close to 100% as possible next week against Tampa Bay? I think they know what they're doing, but i got to tell you, I don't think it's going to matter because I watched the Buccaneers in the last preseason game, and they had Tom Brady come out. And he had to punt on the first series, and that got him mad, and then he went with a no-huddle, 91, 93-yard touchdown drive. <laughs> he looked like he's still in the Super Bowl. I've never seen a Super Bowl team return all starters, kid. And but I still, if I'm taking the Bucks against the field, I'm taking the field because the last it's been it'll be going close to 20 years since a team has repeated as Super Bowl champion, and that of course would have been Tom, a young Tom Brady. Right, exactly, exactly. We're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, John, final question for you. Uh, talked about uh, the Baylor Bears. I've talked about them uh, over the years with you a lot. Uh, that's your alma mater right there, Baylor. Uh, Mark Vidal won a national championship. He declared he was going to go try to uh, take his hand to the NFL, and the Seattle Seahawks have signed him to the practice squad as a tight end. What are your thoughts on Mark Vidal as a tight end for the Seahawks in the, on the practice squad? First of all, my, my, Vital was a tremendous sixth man who started a lot. He couldn't score at all. 
uh, not an offensive player, great rebounder. He looks like a tight end. But Rico Gathers played basketball mm-hmm. in Taylor, was on the practice squad, and then got on the Cowboys roster and scored a touchdown, and now he's gone. So I wish Mark Vidal the very best because of what he meant to Baylor, but I'll be shocked. That is a hard transition if he didn't at least play football at some point. But there have been guys who have played basketball and good personnel directors have signed them and given them time to develop who've gone on to play very well. Right, exactly. So I, I saw that note. I thought I'd pass it along. Uh, Mark Vidal, of course, we're all wishing him the best, but that is, like you said, a, tr- a tough t- transition right there, trying to become a tight end in the NFL, and he has no experience whatsoever. Well, good stuff as always, John. We definitely appreciate you. What uh, You mentioned you're a Texas Sports Nation and what you got coming out, but go ahead and let them know one more time what you got coming out on, on Texas Sports Nation. TexasSportsNation.com, our sports website. We have, like most papers do on their websites, football sections come out because the start of college football season and the NFL. We've got stories, columns, videos, podcasts, cue, everything you could want is there. Thank you very much, as always, and I look forward to you talking to you next week when we're one step closer to the start of the NFL season. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. There he goes, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He don't he don't hang a, hang hang around very long. He ain't for small talk, Demond. When he says bye, he means bye. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> he means bye. He ain't playing around. So uh, many thanks to John McClain right there. Uh, always good to catch up with him. Two forty four is the time. First hour is already flying by. But Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. KJ Wright. He's in the mix. Denzel Perryman, he's in the mix. The linebacker and core went from looking strong with Nicholas Morrow, Javen White, everyone that was in the mix, to all of a sudden look like a, a, an area of the team that was struggling to all of a sudden looking pretty good again. Raider Nation, thoughts? 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.